Welcome back to Weekly EP. My name is Cody Swanson. This is episode nine with Mano Parent from here in Berlin, Germany. We talk about pigeons, octopuses, magic mushrooms, and wanting to make art that isn't only for people who traditionally have access to it. It took Mano a few weeks to find the time to set up her equipment and make this record because she has a lot of different art projects on her mind, but it was worth the wait. As always, we'll do a short intro, listen to the new record in full, and then dive into the creative process. First, here's a taste of that record. What is your name? My name is Manon. I'm French. And <laughs> wait, can we do that again? Yeah. I need, because my phone, my phone rang. That, that's terrible. I need to turn my phone off. <laughs> that, that, was, that, was a bad, that was a bad start. Okay, I'm ready now. All right, so what is your name? My name is Manon. Okay, and what is the name of your music project? It doesn't have a name yet. It's, um, I guess the name will come to me one day. <laughs> For now, it's just me. Fair enough. <laughs> and where did you record this EP? I recorded it in my living room, uh, where I'm sitting right now. Not very far from a window and a couch and a table. <laughs> and uh, what uh, city or country? Oh, yeah, I'm in Berlin. In Germany, <laughs> in Reinickendorf, to be very exact. Thank you. Uh, what was the reason that you decided to do one of these? Well, I saw and heard your first release. And yeah, I thought that's such a cool project. And also it coincided with the beginning of this um, Corona time, which I also found and still find very particular and strange and special and a lot of different things, <laughs> introspective also maybe. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I thought, oh, I, I would be into making such an experiment. Another reason, I guess, is because I'm a very collaborative artist usually and somehow this year started with me uh, interpreting somebody else's solo, which was a music solo. And that kind of led me to look back into things that I recorded on my own and wanting to explore that realm a little bit more. Like, you know, maybe not being so dependent on meeting with other people and also just discovering what comes out of just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I have not heard too much of your music before this, I guess. You sent me a few things, but would you say that what you made for this record is in line with the kind of stuff you normally do, or is it something that was kind of a little bit more different? 
I guess maybe I can answer this question in 10 years. <laughs> um, yeah, I have, no, I have no distance. But I guess it kind of makes sense, at least, that I did what I did now. Because I'm trying to mix different things that I'm into. And yeah, I guess it's a kind of hybrid style that I'm having at the moment and maybe it's not yet a very mature style so I cannot really tell yeah this is my signature or not like I don't know yeah I'm like it's just I'm just taking baby steps here with my solo solo stuff all right well that's cool um <laughs> <laughs> no I mean that's awesome <laughs> whenever someone says you know, I'm still figuring it out. I think that's great. <laughs> I think you should always be figuring it out. Yeah. But also, yeah, in general, I think, I think I'm a very shifty artist, like maybe some kind of chameleon. Like I, I love to change and embrace like radically different styles of dance, of um, singing, of music. Like, I mean, I, I've done a lot of noise music, but I'm also a classically trained musician and I, I do weird performance art. So it's not, I, I don't think I ever would want to categorize myself in one style. I, I find this personally very alienating. I, I, think, I think some artists are very talented in like choosing one thing and then digging so deeply into this one thing. But I think I'm more of a like explorer <laughs> in the variety of things. I find this more fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I do too, I think. That's why I play a lot of instruments really badly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, of course, exactly for that reason, I, I sometimes, I mean, I often wonder like, oh, am I just like being an amateur at everything? But <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm just trying my best, you know, and I'm just trying to do something that's that feels authentic in each moment and if that means i'm gonna have to play guitar like two strings repeatedly for half an hour that's how how it has to be <laughs> <laughs> okay uh so last question then uh for this uh intro part before we get to the record is what is your favorite flavor of or way to have ice cream I'm not a very big ice cream fan, so that's a good question, I guess. <laughs> perfect, uh, but perfect. there is there is this there is this one ice cream shop in Berlin where uh, I'm not going to advertise for this shop, but they have vegan ice cream, and it's surprisingly very delicious because they make their own vegetal milk, and they have this cookie ice cream that is amazing <laughs> it's like <laughs> coconut vegan coconut ice cream made out of fresh coconut milk oh wow uh, i guess that's my favorite yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> all right so yeah and now let's move on to listening to the record and do you have a name for the record do i have a name for the record oh i wish you didn't surprise me with that question because <laughs> i'm not ready for it <laughs> no <laughs> D don't put that in the <laughs> no i don't have a name uh what if we called it like untitled three or something like that yeah something very conceptual and cool yeah um no maybe we could just call it blanket blanket 
Okay. So this is Blanket by <laughs> Mano. Sim, 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 sim. 
the imputation of words and statements are themselves getting ahead of themselves, themselves involved in dying processes like patterns of blues and bread, lovingly intertwining.
very good. Okay. So wow. Now I, it, I was. It's true. Why don't I have a title? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you know things slip by. So uh, yeah, let's talk about the music now. I'd like to just kind of go over what instruments you used on this record because I think maybe there was some uh in english it would be called like a thumb harp uh-huh. finger harp and yeah song three on breathing octopus i feel like there was percussion that was maybe like a glass or some sort of kind of object being hit like a drinking glass or something so I just yeah if we could just kind of go through yes it was a um, it was a mouth blown glass made out of glass <laughs> Uh, hit with a pencil. <laughs> yes, yeah, so so the instruments I used are uh, two different Casio keyboards. Um, one is a sampler keyboard. They are like these mini keyboards that are like, you know, toys. Um, is it like the SK-1 or something like that? Uh, yes, I have the SK-1 and, the, and I have the SA-10. Mm. Yeah, so on one track, I, I just loop my voice. It's very simple. And that's, that's the like um, song's body, I would say. Yeah, and then, and then I use these uh, pre-recorded sounds from uh, SA10. And I also used the rhythm section of that keyboard a little bit. And then I'm also working with a, a little drum machine. It's called a Pocket Operator. Oh, by yeah. Teenage Engineering or? Yes. PO12, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then I used, it's a, yeah, it's a micro granular syn- um, sampler. And yeah, it's Bastel Instruments. And then I have a digital delay from Boss. I have also a mini tape player. I used a contact microphone and yes, and in terms of instruments, I used this kalimba, this thumb mm-hmm. harp, and I also used uh, an instrument from Mali that's called kamelengoni. Maybe you thought it was a guitar, but... Oh, okay. What's it called again? Sorry. Kamelengoni. Okay. I am not familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds cool though. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's kind of, it has like a round body that is basically... Um, a dried, uh, oh, yeah, like a kind of squash, but like a like a gourd, uh, like a pumpkin, like yeah, like a yeah, exactly. Mm. So it has like a round body, and then there is um, a stick, mm-hmm. and then there are just uh, four strings on each side, and then you sit it on your lap, and it's it's like going up, like it's quite big, and then you you play with both hands at the same time. I mean, it's a bit like a kora. Actually, if you mm-hmm. just to have an idea of the shape and uh, <laughs> where did you get that? I got so my my father is a musician. He's um, specialized in Afro-Cuban music, and he learned how to play this instrument, and he makes them. Oh, he makes them, but not like just you know for himself or his friends. And then I was I was begging him for many years. To have one and I finally got one and so it's it's always around the apartment. He finally realized that you were serious and he was like, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's just uh 
I don't really have a proper path for this. We can kind of go through the songs and just talk about how they happened or, you know, just the record in general. Uh, yeah, we can we can talk about, I mean, it was very interesting also how it developed through the week, you know, like I, I felt that I got it, I was getting into a flow slowly, slowly. And in a way I, I could have kept, <laughs> I could have, I should have kept on going afterwards. <laughs> But yeah, like generally it was one song a day and I tried to wrap it up, like everything. So I would just be like, okay, what do I feel like today? Oh, I feel like this sound. And then I would just record that sound. And that led into the next steps until I felt, okay, this is finished. Or it's not finished, but like I can come back to it later. Mm-hmm. And I did that for every song, except one song that took me two days because I also had to do other things. Also, I was not spending so much time. Um, so you didn't spend 12 hours a day on... <laughs> no. <laughs> right, no, exactly. Right. I mean, I, I'd say like, I mean, some days I kind of got it, like, you know, swept up into the recording flow and then it was like, yeah, maybe six, seven hours easily because especially mm. with yeah, mixing and yeah. But yeah, gen- generally I, I try to like have to just wrap it up. I, I like to wrap things up and I'm very impatient. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah. extremely impatient. So I'm, I'm not going to like plot a whole, especially for that project. That, that's what I liked about it. I didn't want to yeah, plot my whole album and then have very high expectations. Right. And be disappointed <laughs> i never felt at least yeah like especially the day of it, it was very challenging for me to to face each songs but I, th- I think that's just part of the process and yeah i mean i guess a little secret is that most people i've talked to have felt the same way until about friday or saturday like i was just talking to someone who like one of the fav- my favorite songs that they put on the record is like they were like right up to the end they're like I don't know I kind of hate this song it's really it really sucks mm. and then the other person they were collaborating with added another track and suddenly they were like oh well no no that's a good song now and now it's on the record and it's like I, I think that's just kind of mm. how it goes yeah sure I mean when you work with other people it's also very different well you have someone else to to maybe tell you that you're being stupid when you say something sucks I mean I think that's yeah there's a lot to collaboration obviously but I think. One of the best things is if you think something's terrible and someone goes, oh, no, I really like that that part. Or I, I think this could fu- could turn into something. And you go, oh, really? You know, because like, I, I, yeah. I get in that headspace, too, where I, I think like, you know, oh, man, like this is this all sucks. <laughs> you know, and there's no one there to say like, hey, hold on a second. You know, chill out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it. Take a day away. Come back to it. You know, I mean, that lesson I, I kind of received. Yeah. Like mm. early on with other people where it was a kind of a rule, like before you, you do any final judgment, you need to really give it a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's just dive right into it. Let's just break down some songs. So yes. uh, the all paradigm <laughs> shift. Yes. Track one. Track one, which was also the first track. That you recorded? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is also the first one that I listened to when you sent me the songs before I had the mm-hmm. track order. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff going on in this one. Uh, there's 
the uh the like the kind of poetic like spoken word at the beginning that then kind of leads into the the like the kind of chorus harmony the kind of more singing section mm -hmm. uh with like the the rhythm section that comes in with the beats and stuff i'm gonna probably forget the exact words but when it's like uh there's a pigeon outside my window <laughs> it's like planet earth it is looming <laughs> You know, like it's just it's like all these really amazing words coming at you and that are like both kind of pedestrian and normal and also very intense and dark. Yes. Was that like, where did that come from? <laughs> so actually in this song, but also in general, in, in actually each song, the, the lyrics were written each day, like, you know, so I, I remember that day was quite dark and there was really a pigeon outside my window and I did really feel that it was looming and it was really a bad afternoon <laughs> like you know <laughs> and then there was this just this hopeful thoughts that all paradigms shift and someday I'm gonna get out of it I mean it's also like I I recently took some mushrooms and I think a, a few things in that EP are coming from that experience and you know When you are, when I'm tripping, at least, I'm I'm very sensitive to light, and that was a day where the light was gray and everything felt heavy, and it was also that time of the day where I felt like that. And mm. then when when also when I'm tripping, when I'm on mushrooms, the the thing that helps me sometimes through the hard moments is that it's going to change, is that the paradigm is going to shift, and and also in general, like I find. I find that truth kind of <laughs> to apply, you know, in, in everything. Like it's, it's going to pass and yeah. I mean, the I, pigeon is going to fly away <laughs> 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 or the, or the pigeon will start glowing in, yeah. the, in the bright sun, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But you know, it's funny because it, I think the first time I listened to that song, I thought that line, you know, the all paradigm shift line was kind of, It did feel a little sinister or dark, maybe coming after the bad afternoon and the looming pigeon and stuff. But then when I listened to it again earlier today, it felt actually sort of not just positive, but when there's kind of in the background says, I hope like your paradigm shifts too, or something along those lines. And it sort of feels like a, a friendly message sort of of saying like, I hope that your routine or your kind of situation changes you know and kind of it felt mm -hmm. it felt like a kind of a nice like the, the idea of a paradigm shifting became something that was positive instead of a negative yeah totally I, i think because in a way i realized also recording the ep that i was kind of talking to myself <laughs> like <laughs> uh, it was a bit of a conversation with myself like whatever i was speaking out through the lyrics was really what was going on in my head or what I would tell myself to go through, you know, whether like also go through the difficulty it, it, it was sometimes to have to produce something, you know, putting, putting this, I mean, it was um, a fun pressure in that case, but still, you know, it was just like, I'm, I want to make something, I want to produce a track and I'm going to speak up anything that is true to the moment and in that moment it was i had to reassure myself that this paradigm was going to shift 
Okay, so song two then, Weight of the Leaves. Uh, yes. And this one starts off with a lot, with a really fun, uh, noisy kind of synthy start, which was really cool. I was yeah. when I first heard it, I wasn't sure if it was going to actually go into any kind of song part. I thought maybe it was just yeah. going to be that build <laughs> the entire time and then just end. But uh, and then it goes into that kind of a chant, like a, a it feels sort of like a protest, you know, sort of like a like yeah. kind of like a. <laughs> Just this like yelling kind of chanting protest with a lot of like low end synthy kind of like, you know, kind of things going yeah. on. Yeah. I don't know. Tell me about this song. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm trying. I mean, first of all, I'm trying to like, let's say like in the recent years, I've been re-embracing pop music or like just like the idea of making a song in general. Because I, I think I come from a place that is way more snob where <laughs> like, yeah, like I'm, you know, I'm kind of like, yeah, no, but like I'm making sound art and like. Right. I, Classical experimental know, like, kind of deconstruction. Yeah. Or like just like sensation and like, mm. you know, away from like the words and rhythm and like, <laughs> you know, but somehow in the recent years I've felt, okay, maybe it's time to bridge a little bit and make some things that are a bit more, I don't know, like generous in some way or like a bit more accessible mm -hmm. or like a bit more communicative, like, I mean, maybe to a larger amount of people also. And I don't know, yeah, to find like a, like a balance between something that's more abstract and something that's more concrete that you can kind of hang on to. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, this song is kind of representing this. Yeah, because it's kind of weird, but it's also kind of recognizable in some ways. And yeah, like the screaming part, <laughs> it was just, I think screaming is healthy <laughs> and helpful. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I just felt, you know, this, the, it's a, I'm, I'm screaming. Uh, we actually, uh, I involved my partner here to scream with me, which was a really fun, fun <laughs> fun part of the recording which was like hey can you like scream those lines for me <laughs> for a sec i don't know if that's cheating i hope that's not that's fine that's fine <laughs> yeah also like you, you know I, I i do have this massive tree in in which the pigeon is nesting um that is right in front of my window and it's it's being it bursted like all the green leaves bursted out recently and now it just feels that they are hanging on the tree and I felt that the, the weight of having to be at home and for, you know, two months now um, was also weighing on me. And those leaves were kind of like a, a weight I wanted to shake off of my shoulders. Yeah, I was protesting against the quarantine and <laughs> <laughs> against the weight, the weight. <laughs> Breathing Octopus, song number three. So we've covered the non-guitar instrument, which was called what again? <laughs> yes. Camelin Guni. Okay. And the percussion was a pencil on a uh, hand-blown glass. Yes. Okay. Uh, Mouth-blown. Mouth-blown. Mouth Sorry, yes. Glass. And um, <laughs> so really all that's, all that's left that's, that's super curious to me is the, uh, it's a very nice song. It's a very... Um, it's very different from most of these songs are, I guess, different from all the other songs in a, in a 
cohesive way. Like it doesn't feel like a you know mix, but it feels very. There's a lot of variety, and this one is just very um, kind of quiet and and uh, gentle compared to some of the other ones, I guess. And and I guess, but the lyrics, I'm tr- I was trying to figure out. I don't mean to insult you, but the lyrics feel kind of cute to me. <laughs> no, you said the word. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not cute. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's just it's okay. the idea of an octopus on a bed. Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, in general, I'm I'm kind of I'm really struggling with lyrics. Like I would say, it's not my strong, it's not my strong area. So I was really just playing with what I had mm-hmm. and uh, this octopus just it's it, this is from my from my psychedelic trip uh, I was in my bed and my cover is gray and it looked like an octopus at some point and it was breathing <laughs> uh, so it just okay. came to me like you know in this process of being like what, what is with you mm-hmm. right now it was the octopus okay. and also I'm reading a book about um the evolution of the octopus and that how they are like our furthest ancestor, but also the most evolved version of like, you know, like octopus branched out like very early on. And then they, they develop like kind of as far as we did. And they have this totally other brain that is fascinating. They seem to get stuff out of psychedelics as well. Right. Like that's. Oh, really? Yeah. There's, I mean, there's, there's, I guess studies with like uh, MDMA and things like that, where they give it to octopuses and they actually become kind of cuddly and touchy, which is really unusual for them, I think. Okay. And they their colors, like, you know, especially the, cam- the octopus that can like camouflage, like their colors are going crazy and like shifting. There's some really interesting videos I think you can find, but uh, yeah, octopuses, octopi are uh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really interesting creatures but that makes a lot of sense that that was also tied into the uh, the mushrooms yeah <laughs> yeah and when i say um do you do you see what i what i mean do you feel what i see do i see what you feel it's also this you know realization of the irremediable discrepancy between our different realities like Something cannot be transmittable. And, you know, this octopus on my bed, I guess, yeah, like it's cute, you know, like <laughs> you can hear it that it's cute. You can hear that it's frightening. But it's like, I don't know, like my, my, I cannot really render my experience. Uh-huh. I mean, in general, right? But especially in that state when experiences are kind <laughs> of so, I mean, so much more <laughs> indescribable than normal, right? Like they're, yeah, yeah. You have to sort of, describe a whole new reality in order for it to make sense yeah next we have song number four which is let's give it a rest mm-hmm. and i'm just gonna read through or kind of tell you a couple of the notes that i took when uh when i was listening to this um there's obviously some more spoken word which is awesome were these your words or were you reading something from someone else or from a book or was it like a quote from something? Because there's like mentions of like comrade and things like that. <laughs> so no, I was, um, how do you say, like doing free associations, like kind of mm-hmm. nonsense, like, uh, you know, like, so there, there are a lot of sentences that like 
become something else than what they were. So, yeah, I start speaking about something that turns into something else. Um, so, no, I was just reading my own flow of strange thoughts. <laughs> nice. Okay, yeah. cool. And I don't know if it's fair to describe it as a chorus, but the sort of chorus-like part of the song where the, the line, um, is it good to be uh, good or bad to feel unimportant or important? I thought was really cool. Yeah. And that section, especially with the rhythm and the, the kind of synth or the kind of instrumentation, it reminded me yeah. a lot of the best parts of the 80s Pet Shop Boy kind of music, mm -hmm. like the electronic music. From that period where it, it, yes. <laughs> maybe they used similar like, uh, you know, keyboards and stuff for the rhythms and stuff. But it just had this really interesting, fun throwback sound. Yes. Yeah. That was with the SA, SA-10. Yeah, like totally retro, <laughs> retro sound. <laughs> yes. Yeah, even the even the production, like even the sound of it had a, had a really familiar sound in, in like a, a cool way. You know, like it just... Yeah, I, but I really liked that line too, like how it just, uh, you know, you ask, is it good or bad to feel unimportant? And then, you know, yeah. the listener is thinking about that and you're like, but is it good good or bad to feel important? And you're like, oh, all right. Yeah, so, it's it's kind of the, I mean, this this actually I, I wrote down in my notebook maybe a week, a week ago, like that was already a thought I had. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, I, I just I don't know, that day it just kind of freely like came up. I was like, oh, I need a chorus. Like, all right, mm -hmm. this seems like it means something to me. I think a lot is tied up in those questions. Just like facing like global warming and the extinction of a lot of species. And it's like related to action and inaction and selfishness and non-selfishness and also like I don't know, community, solidarity, but also like when you don't feel important, you also become like super passive. And I find myself watching the world collapse and feeling helpless about it. I think that's a feeling that I share with a lot of my friends, at least. Yeah, it's tricky. <laughs> <laughs> it's very tricky. And then yeah. in, the, in the frame of that album, of that EP was also... The question of like, you know, like the relevance of art mm -hmm. in times, especially of like pandemic and stuff, you know, how much, how much am I important? Am I important? What is important? What could I do? I mean, you know, it's related to like question of usefulness or uselessness. It's, it's a lot to think about. <laughs> you know, I mean, because I'm, I'm mainly a performer and I, I mainly operate in in theaters, funded mm -hmm. theaters, which are also like very elite kind of areas, you know, very, like not very accessible necessarily to like different kinds of people and with different, different social backgrounds. And I've been, you know, wondering a lot, like, okay, is there, is there an area where my art could be more useful? And these questions were already there, like, but I guess... I guess this time just, you know, just made them more, like, more urgent. Like, oh my God, you know, like, yeah, like, where should I act? Where should I focus my efforts? Where is it really needed to, to give, you know? 
Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that's that's going to take you a while to figure out. I <laughs> think you. if you do if you do figure it out, though, please let me know because I uh, would also yeah. be interested. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I was I was recently touring um, in Madagascar, and and we we performed a few times in prisons and. For example, that's one thing that has been on my mind. And also, I mean, of course, it's uncomparable. But, you know, with this lockdown experience, like, it just made me also think about that and about, like, art in prison, for example. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, like, that's one thing. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into that and how I could maybe do something here in Germany in prisons. <laughs> yeah, like, go sing some songs <laughs> or, I don't know. Yeah. Coming back to this question, you know, is it good or bad to be important, to feel important or to feel unimportant? Maybe a bit of both. And mm -hmm. and this time has been inspiring in that way. Like, okay, I can actually take a deep breath and choose my steps a little better. The last song then on the record, song mm -hmm. five, Lullaby for Georgia. Yes. <laughs> so this is the one with the thumb harps, right? Yes. Okay. And it sounds like in there, there are little elements that, that feel a little bit like singing saw, but I, I assume those are synthesizers or like they're the keyboard. I know it's just, um, it's just because, um, so this thumb part is, is a little bit special because you can actually plug um, Big Jack uh, cable in there yeah so I, there's it's, this song is the song that came the most naturally like one of one of the evenings of that week I just sat on the couch and I just played and then I was like this is flowing like very naturally and I, I need to record that and so it's just two tracks and the second track is just with the heart plugged into a delay pedal Oh, and and okay. just like simple sounds that are like all right yeah cosmic <laughs> cool so it's all mainly yeah. thumb harp then it's like it's like one one track is pure uh-huh like only thumb harp and the second track is thumb harp with a little bit of effect and that's like the is that was was that like the boss dd6 or dd5 or something like that or um Yes, it's the DD6. Okay, cool. Yeah, and um, Georgia is a, is a baby. <laughs> so, oh, like an actual baby. Yeah, it's an actual person. Okay. So, so because, because this thumb harp was gifted to me by two of my closest friends, and they have a child, and so I thought, well, this is definitely for her. <laughs> like, she was, she was with, I was thinking of her when I was playing it, and so. Hmm. Well, I was going to say already that it's it's a very nice way to close out the record, but now it's a it's an extra nice way of closing out the record. Yeah, I try to balance in the record because you, you know you said earlier like things were very different, but that was like songs were very different, and but that was definitely a concern of mine. I was trying to balance the energies. You know, I was like, I'm not going to just do like drones. <laughs> you know yeah. i want to have a bit of i want to have a bit of everything looking back on it now you know as an album how do you feel about it 
um, uh, how I feel about it as a as like a product. I I think it's it's too early for me. Like really, I cannot I cannot really have a sense now. In general, I need a lot of time. Like I think in a couple of months, <laughs> I will be maybe able to <laughs> to have a look. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because like okay. for example, the tracks that I that I released like a few weeks ago, they are from like two years, a year before that. You know, I, I'm I'm usually my process is very long <laughs> with my own stuff, um, so I don't really know. But what I can say is that I'm very happy about the process. I think it had it it has required me to find some kind of self-love like in terms of more self-acceptance to you know to produce things and not censure myself so in that regard it's very precious so regardless if the result is you know like according to my snob self good enough or not (laughs) um Uh it doesn't really matter i think i'm i think i'm very i'm very happy about it because of what it means and what it opened and you know, I hope, I hope I will continue to record, <laughs> like now, like soon. <laughs> yeah, like it, it kind of unfroze me, and and that's that's precious. Yeah, hold on to that. I mean, or or keep your recording stuff set up. You know, <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. I think sometimes the hurdle is like when you don't have the microphone plugged in. Yeah. You know, or you don't have whatever the headphones nearby. It's like, you know, sometimes that's what makes all the difference. And if you have the inspiration or the kind of the the freedom or the openness now to to kind of let it happen, then it probably will. Exactly. I think you're right. And and you know, I, I, I live nearby an airport and these days there are not so many airplanes, which has also <laughs> And enabled me to record from home, <laughs> which is one of the magical effects of the coronavirus. Um, yeah, but for sure, like also this process has has made me realize how in a way simple it is. I mean, as long as I want to record simple things, it's possible and it's not that crazy and it doesn't have to take, take so much time. Yeah. It's around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's wonderful, first of all. But uh, also, before we say goodbye, I would like to ask, how can people find more of your music or your art in general on the internet? I have a website. Um, it's www.manonparent.com. M-A-N-O-N-P-A-R-E-N-T. And there is a section for sound and there is a section for movement. And there is also like a kind of blog news. Um, so that's easy. <laughs> but when was the last time you updated and, that blog? Uh, it was before the coronavirus. <laughs> but I will see this, this EP project motivated me to create a solo solo project page on my website so i will okay. put in all my music links and stuff okay nice yeah yes. <laughs> i i want to say thank you actually i'm very grateful 
for your invitation and for your trust and for yeah all your encouragement actually throughout <laughs> the process no that's really super great <laughs> i feel lucky thank you <laughs> as well so <laughs> i just thought originally it'd be fun to have a podcast with you know some music on it every week and it's become something much more interesting and uh, rewarding because of these sort of interactions and thank you so much for doing this yeah you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> long life to a weekly EP <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Weekly EP. Once again, my name is Cody Swanson. I first met Minot years ago when she became one of the lead actors in a film I made in Brooklyn. She was in New York performing as a dancer, and it wasn't until only recently that I found out she played music as well. So I'm starting to wonder if there's anything she can't do. Please check out more of Minot's work at manoparent.com. That's M-A-N-O-N. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and rate it wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps a lot. Also, come say hi on Instagram. You can find all the episodes and more on our website, weeklyep.com. And if you or someone that you know would like to do your own weekly EP, please get in touch. We would love to hear from you.